Reply, guys. I'm Kate the, Willett. Oh, Kate, oh wait, we are, did we mess it we up? Still okay. the, we are still the leftist feminist comedy podcast for the rest of us. <laughs> I'm Kate Willett. You're Kate Willett. I'm Julia Claire. We're still here by the grace of the Lord. <laughs> so we got to talk about uh, the biggest news item, you know, of the decade, really? The Yeah, the decade. Uh okay, so we're talking. We're we're of course talking about the bodega tweet. Yeah, should we read right. the bodega tweet? Let's let's read the the bodega tweet. You have so it? our friend. Uh, I do. I have it up right here. Uh, our friend, uh, fellow comedian uh, Allison Leiby, uh, who I I just love one of the one of the one of the god tier people to talk shit with and drink with. By the way, Allison, if you're listening, you're not. Um, she tweeted, uh, <laughs> something that made a lot of people really mad, <laughs> uh, which was people who live outside of NYC and don't have bodegas. Where do you buy two Diet Cokes, a roll of paper towels, and, oh, also, let me get some peanut butter M&Ms since I'm here. Why not? A pretty innocuous tweet, in what my we, opinion. What are we up to on this one? Like 20K quote tweets or something? 21,000 quote tweets. Um... Uh, yeah, this this little baby got a lot of engagement. Twenty one thousand quote tweets and nineteen thousand replies. I mean, uh, reply guy medal of honor to to our our dear friend and comrade Allison Libby, who is uh, you know in the trenches of. It was on New York One. It was like on. The TV news. Yeah. The TV news. Items related to this tweet were trending for like a couple days. And sorry if you hear little cats in the background. I don't know. I didn't kick them out. (laughs) I feel like we say this every episode. Like, sorry if you hear our cats. Yeah. I mean. (laughs) It goes without saying. it's It's a blanketed. It's an understanding. It should be an implicit for everyone who listens to this show. You might hear Kate's cats every now and again you probably won't hear mine i only have one and she all she does is sleep so she has no one to fight with besides me sometimes anyways Uh, speaking of yeah you know bad cats or whatever there's a yeah walgreens was trending because people were like where do we shop we shop at a fucking walgreens you know (laughs) and diet coke was trending um but people were really mad about this and i feel like i mean i guess you know the reason that people said that they were mad about it is like new york exceptionalism or whatever like you new yorkers think that you're so special uh and first of all we are no i'm just kidding yeah we are but i mean bodegas are great it's very nice that you have like a store on your corner that you can go buy most of your stuff at. You know, I know other cities have corner stores and uh, the tweet was a joke. And, you know, even if people didn't like the joke or whatever, it is wild that there's like this, I know. this much rage about it. 
I mean, clearly it was just a joke about how, like, Libby loves to get, like, candy and coke. <laughs> I don't It was so silly that... Anyways, um, yeah, people were so mad. And it does kind of highlight this coastal elite versus, I don't know, middle America type thing. Our, the thing that I always come back to is, like, in a lot of ways... Our lives in New York are worse than than the lives of the people who think that we're being, like, high and mighty. We all live with a million roommates and, you know, get spit on <laughs> in the public transit. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a Dickensian existence out here sometimes. Um... So if it, if people want to feel superior to us, go ahead. Yeah, New York I mean, also it's just knocks like, us down a peg every day. Yeah, it's just. I mean, I think that something is happening to people mentally just from being inside too long. You oh, know, everybody needs a nap and a hug. Yeah, I mean, it's just like you could. I feel like you could. The fact that everyone jumped all over this one tweet for like two days, <laughs> like. To me, you know, it's not even like, I mean, there have been some great takes on Twitter recently. There was the woman that tweeted that, like, if you represent yourself as wanting a relationship and then it was actually casual sex for you, that that's actually rape. I mean, there have been some great takes to jump all over. I mean, even all the infinite jest takes about, like, a man is toxic if he's read the book Infinite Jest. I mean, there's some really, truly wild stuff on Twitter. To me, this just seems like the impulse for, like, sadism has just kind of gotten out of control as people get more and more bored and isolated. You know, it's like... I mean, there have been... I feel like towards the beginning of the pandemic, there were, like, more... Uh, deserved examples of this like everyone was kind of dragging Chris D'Elia and Jeff Ross which like drag them baby they go at it they were statutory raping right but and then you know Amy Cooper the uh, Central Park Karen I mean that was like a that was a big collective drag and you know these were instances where it's like yeah those people fucking deserve to be dragged they did something horrible but now it feels like people have moved on to people to like dragging people who just really like don't like someone tweeted about how she likes to buy M&M's at a bodega and I guess it was like a little I don't know I mean I, I guess I could see how people would be like take it the wrong way about like New Yorkers looking down on people or whatever. But even if you do like, that's just like a, that's such a stupid thing to be mad about for two days, you know? Yeah. And I also do want (laughs) to read what uh, Allison replied to the the tweet in parentheses. She said, this is also about how candy is kept behind glass and is only accessed by the owner or when he is not there, his eight year old son. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why that's like very it is very funny to me it is always like an eight to ten year old boy working (laughs) working the late shift at the bodega yeah absolutely yeah Um, oh man I I love I love and support all of our all of our bodega child labors (laughs) I wonder unionized bodega sons yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> no, no child labor except at the bodega. <laughs> Those guys seem like they're having a good time. Um, so I oh, started. Man. I got. Uh, I got. Uh, I got called to racist and a sexist this week online. Okay, uh, for, another for, incredible for going week after for our girl. Uh, <laughs> for going after our girl near a tandem. Oh, Neera Tandon, of course, uh, the head of the Center for American Progress, uh, is the uh, appointment that has been thrown out there uh, for the... the like, yeah, the likely appointment for the Office of uh, Budget Management. Yeah, Director of the Office of Management and Budget, you know, which is like the office that basically, you know, does the runs the numbers to see you know what can what the country can afford or not and this position it does have a a lot of influence because there's a lot of uh ways to present the data for sure right um and near attendant you know I mean, probably anyone who is listening to this show or certainly anyone who supported Bernie Sanders in the primary knows Nira from being like the main reply guy of the left. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to bury the lead too much. We are doing, uh, as the title of this this episode probably already gave away, um, our first ever drag her ass uh, for for the one and only Nira Tannadin. Um, And I was doing some some like preliminary research about her and also just kind of reading a lot of the, the news from this week about her and what kept coming up in all the kind of mainstream news sources was how mad Republicans are about Neera Tandon because she's too partisan. She also deleted like 1000 tweets in the last 24, 48 hours. But a lot of them were just like, you know, shit posting about like John Cornyn and Mitch McConnell, which like go at it, lady. Don't but don't delete those. Those are the good. That's the good stuff. But yeah, basically, if, if Republicans hold on to the Senate, um, she is going to have a little bit of of a of a tough time with that confirmation. Though I don't know, I don't know what's going to happen if the Republicans hold on to the Senate. I'm terrified of what's to come in that situation but yeah near tandon sucks uh and she she really does have the ire of both the right generally and also like the progressive left and she has earned both (laughs) for sure so Julia, what are some things that you have learned in your research of Nira Tannen as we drag her ass? <laughs> uh well, unfortunately, uh the first thing that I learned was that Nira is is one of my own. She is from Massachusetts. From Massachusetts, oh my gosh. Which is really a tough pill to swallow for me. I have to say, but that's neither here nor there. We're here to talk about Nira. We're here to drag Nira's ass. Excuse me. Um, I'm here to drag all women because I'm a misogynist, which is why I don't like Nira Tannen. I am extremely upset that Joe Biden appointed an all-female communications team. Very sexist. It's like so sexist. (laughs) I really, I can't agree more. I mean, obviously this isn't just, but it is like sort of sexist to be like, women, they're good at communicating, right? (laughs) women they won't fucking shut up (laughs) these fucking broads yeah keep talking broads Um, love talking yeah they all go to the bathroom together maybe they can have the meetings in there 
Yeah. Um, yeah. So Nira, her origin story is pretty, uh, pretty well trodden uh, in the media at this point. She is the daughter of Indian immigrants. Uh, her parents are are from India, and they divorced when she was little. She went to UCLA, graduated from Yale Law School. Ugh, God, she did the whole, you know, she did the whole intro to the Democratic Party <laughs> standard package uh, in terms of her education. So she's kind of known as like a diehard Clinton loyalist. She was very, she was and is still very close to Hillary Clinton. They are close personal friends. Nira was one of Hillary's advisors in two, like official advisors in two of her presidential runs, um, 2008 and 2016. 2008, she was one of the only Clinton staffers to join the Obama team after uh, Barack officially won. Barack Obama, heard of him. <laughs> and yeah, she she just kind of has been a, a jack of all trades for the Clintons. Um, but she was, under the Obama administration, she was the domestic policy director for his general election campaign. Yeah, and the Obama administration took a lot of, like, the uh, 2008 time branded the Center for American Progress as Obama's idea factory. And basically, a lot of the kind of, like, a lot of the corporate approach to politics, we're not going to say that they are responsible for it, but, you know, they definitely were uh, very tight with the Obama administration and with the entire think, corporate wing of the Democratic Party. Yeah, I think that the Center for American Progress is not, It's as you said, it's not the uh, the source of the problem, but it is a megaphone <laughs> for... Uh, for the the kind of neoliberal rot that has has led us to where we are today. And, you know, the kind of like what you were talking about earlier about how the Center for American Progress is kind of like this machine where good policy turns into bad policy. It's kind of like how uh, instead of a $15 minimum wage in 2016, uh, like that neoliberal democratic donor machine spat out twelve dollars yeah um yeah yeah and nero was you know personally instrumental in advising uh a lot of you know clinton's worst policies like arguably some of the reasons that she lost the 2016 election or things that at least played a part like nira is responsible for advising clinton to not support the 15 dollar minimum wage and mm -hmm. you know why wouldn't she i mean the cap donors include uh goldman sachs wells fargo coca-cola Citigroup, uh comcast blue cross blue shields northrop walmart uh the uae uh, they have tried to get donations from the government of Saudi Arabia. They have collaborated with the American In Enterprise Institute, which is a right-wing free market think tank. Um, some of this is coming from Nathan Robbins' excellent piece on Nira Tannen, which we'll link it in the comments. Um, but yeah, I mean, she is like, uh, 
she's someone that takes what corporations want and translates it to policy that is then sort of like fed directly to Democrats in office. And you Mm -hmm. basically like, I don't want to say every single Democrat, but like most high ranking Democrats other than like literally Bernie Sanders himself have involvement with the Center for American Progress. You know, all your faves, Elizabeth Warren, Stacey Abrams, like basically 100% of like even the people who consider themselves to be progressive or are considered progressive like are involved basically with uh cap and are uh you know real real cozy with the corporate funders of cap Um, and you know i i went back when i was doing research for this episode um and i read this piece in the New Republic that came out a week before the election in 2016 about Mira. And of course, we all know that back in 16, John Podesta's emails were hacked and there were a lot of them from from Nira. And she, (laughs) in one of her emails to John Podesta, said explicitly, quote, I would do whatever Hillary needs always. I owe her a lot. And I'm a loyal soldier. <laughs> wow. <laughs> My favorite Nira email in the in the WikiLeaks stomp is the one about uh, Libya. It's between her and uh, Faiz Shakir, who she uh, later punched, <laughs> which is not funny. But it also is like it is kind of funny in a horrible way that there's like at least two high ranking Democratic women, who, her and Amy Klobuchar, who have been like accused of like. Well, not not accused, like who have like documented instances of like physically abusing, abusing their, their staff. staff. Yeah. What a girl boss. What a girl boss. Um, you know, you're not a girl boss feminist unless you're abusing your staff. Yeah. So, you know, here's Nira on uh, Libya. Uh, we have a giant deficit. They have a lot of oil. Most Americans would choose not to engage in the world because of that deficit. If we want to continue to engage in the world, gestures like having oil-rich countries partially pay us back doesn't seem crazy to me. Do we prefer cuts to Head Start or WIC or Medicaid? Because we live in deficit politics, and that's what is happening, and that will be happening even more. Um, Yeah, so basically, you know, she's saying that uh, uh, Libya should pay us back with their oil for uh, us overthrowing Gaddafi. And uh, yeah, just just right there, just coming out directly and saying it. And of course, the war in Libya was a disaster. There is now open air slave markets there. Um, it's, you know, not to... I mean, it, it was just, it was like, a, it was a complete disaster anyways back to nira she has been just like deep in the tank for the clintons for most of her career and of course what happens to someone like this and someone who is i don't want to say she doesn't believe anything but she kind of doesn't like she that that piece i read in the new republic had her saying like you know sometimes i support things that align with the most progressive wing of the party and sometimes i support things that align with the most centrist wing of the party and it's like yeah babe you have no uh moral compass absolutely no she doesn't as a side note still on nira though not getting us off topic she was like 
in the last uh, UK election, she was like shitting on Corbyn. She was like hook, line, and sinker, all the anti-Semitism stuff, which was bonk. Uh, yeah. Someone jokingly in 2016 referred to her as Hillary's Secretary of Defense because she was just like such an attack dog on Twitter, just really fucking going after everybody, which like, I mean, you know, Kate and I, Kate and I can understand that as two women online, but certainly not to the, not in, in the way that, that Nira does it. Um, during the Obama administration, she worked on the passage of ACA and she vehemently opposes Medicare for all. Uh, so that's fun. Not only um, does she oppose Medicare for all, but she has suggested cuts to Social Security and Medicare. Um, you know, and she's going to be the head of. The, well, she probably won't be. I don't know. I don't think she's going to get confirmed. But I mean, were she to be the head of uh, OMB, she would play a big role in what budget cuts happen. Yeah, I mean. Ultimately, a lot like obviously a lot of of what goes on in the budget lies in the hands of Congress. And I like not to say that head of the OMB is not a significant role because it it is. It's just like Nira sucks. And I hate that she's even being considered for this position. Um, I'm glad that it's not some of the other ones. <laughs> so, um, But maybe that's uh that's a little too glass glass half full of me about about old Nera. Um, it, it is kind of remarkable how much ire she has devoted to Bernie Sanders. <laughs> um, yeah, she truly hates him specifically. She really, really hates him. She has accused him of. Being a Russian plant uh, in in the 2016 election, she basically thought he he was he was a Russian a Russian asset and said that. And this is, I mean, that's like, look, there like there was Russian interference in the 2016 election, but there has never been any sort of any credible link whatsoever between Bernie Sanders and that interference. And so the fact that someone who kind of still touts this conspiracy theory because that's what it is is being um is is going to be the likely director of a huge federal government office doesn't inspire a lot of confidence in me i think like part of the reason people are so mad about this is because of Nero Tannen and part of the reason people are so mad about this is because it just basically it it, it shows I mean, it is yet one more example of like Joe Biden just being willing to say like openly fuck you to the left, which like, of course he is. I'm not sure why people are surprised by that. Like his whole campaign was about like pursuing moderate Republicans and I'm not a socialist. I beat the socialists and stuff. But I mean, like Nira is like enemy number one of people who voted for Bernie Sanders. She was one of the main people, uh, you know, leading the uh, Bernie bro chant, you know, just really perpetuating that narrative online. And, you know, I, I will say I still hate Rom more. 
I hate I Rom still, more. Yeah, I, I mean, Rom and Rom more. is, by Rom the way, being considered to head uh, the. Uh, he's being considered to head the Office of Transportation, right? Which, like Sarah Nelson, the um, head of the uh, flight attendants union, spoke out against because, like, you know, obviously. There are many unions uh, that fall under transportation and Rom is extremely anti-union. He's also just a really yeah. bad person who covered up the murder of Laquan McDonald and did a bunch of mm-hmm. other terrible, terrible shit. He's uh, really horrible. But I mean, I don't know. I think yeah, it's- I mean, Se- Secretary of Transportation, I don't even know, like... I don't know how anyone came up with that for Rom. It might have been Rom th- himself. He might. Yeah. Like Rom may have been spreading the word about this. So <laughs> Rom is like, people are saying I should be secretary yeah. <laughs> of transportation. Um, yeah. For those of you who don't know, last year we did um, a drag his ass specifically dedicated to Rom um, because he is so terrible the difference between rom and nira in this case is that a number of sitting members of congress particularly those in kill me right now the squad uh have openly came out um against a possible nomination of rom um and you know some of the more newly elected Members of Congress like Jamal Bowman, um, I believe Mondaire Jones did as well, um, but certainly uh, Rashida Tlaib and AOC and Ilhan Omar, I believe, did as well. I don't know. I didn't see. Uh, those are just the ones that I'm, I'm thinking of off the top of my head, but they all um, mentioned, as you said, the cover up of Laquan McDonald's murder and just that like rom has no place in honestly like a democratic presidency like rom is a republican and he is just has maybe some of the worst political instincts and the worst ideas he has no uh, another person who has no moral compass he is very much the reason why barack obama's first term was as centrist and pandering to the donor class as it was. Although Nira um, did play a part. She played a part. She played a part, but Rom was fucking chief of staff. Yes. Um, absolutely, Nira played a part, but, um, I, you know, we already did a drag his ass on Rom. You can go listen to it. I fucking hate Rom. Rom for secretary of hell. <laughs> I hate Rom so much. Um... Yeah, I mean, I think the thing is, is it's just like Rom and Nira and a lot of these other appointments are, you know, just making really clear is something that we knew all along, which is that like Biden is he has no regard for what the left wants or anything. There's no pushing him left. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I think I was somebody who at one point was like sort of optimistic that there might be some tiny concessions here and there but uh i don't think so anymore i mean like it's you know it's it's not even just that it's not even just a complete disregard of the left it's a disregard of policies that are popular with the base with like the majority of the fucking party the absolutely people who vote, that's a great point yeah the people who vote in the elections like 
I don't know. Like, these are the people who who won this election for Joe Biden. Um, the people who support things like Medicare for all and uh, the Green New Deal, but especially Medicare for all. And it's just, uh, yeah, it's it's not just spitting in the face of the left. It's it's the people who who are the reason why Joe Biden is going to be the 46th president of the United States. Yeah. Let's talk for a minute about the Georgia uh, Senate races. What do you think about that? <laughs> what? Do I, I don't I, I don't know. I uh, I mean, are there any are there any new updates? I don't I guess I just don't feel like to me what's happening right now doesn't really inspire confidence. I'm kind of assuming that like Democrats are going to not win at least one of these races probably lose both um but you know i mean it is worse i think if republicans win for sure oh certainly and oh okay so that's so actually that that's an interesting point uh lindsey graham was talking was flapping his big fucking mouth on fox news as he is wont to do talking about Neera Tandon and how offensive she is and how, like, she deleted all of her tweets, which is honestly the most related thing, relatable thing about her is that she deleted a bunch of tweets. Um, and, but, yeah, and by the way, also, this is not relatable, but another reason I don't like Neera, a pettier one, bottom of the list, very uh, frequent Bill Maher guest. Oh, I mean, yeah, burn, God, burn Bill Maher to the ground. <laughs> just oh our our feelings on bill maher are um are noted for the public record at this point um as i was saying uh lindsey graham was on fox news talking about how near attended would kind of have to like answer to the senate budget committee in some way and like kind of testify before the senate budget committee and he made sure to note he was like and the chair of that committee will be bernie sanders if we don't win in georgia <laughs> And it's pretty clear that the the Republican establishment is scared about Georgia. I will say that, you know, John Ossoff is not my guy. I think he's like a middle of the road kind of milk toast Democrat. He's not he's not offering the people of Georgia a lot. He is better than his Republican opponent, unquestionably. Um, but I will say that Raphael Warnock, who is the other Democrat running in Georgia, I think. <laughs> oh, my God. Do you hear them? I can hear them. This is a cat podcast. Um, <laughs> we need a studio. We need a studio. Please donate to our Patreon. We need a studio. Um, but I do think that Raphael Warnock is notably better than John Ossoff. And he is kind of more in tune with people's daily material needs issues than John Ossoff is. Um, And that's all. I mean, I admittedly am not super up to date on what the latest is on the Georgia elections. I do know that like, 
it is kind of falling into the same pattern of like celebrities are posting like Georgia, get out the vote and, um, you know, phone banking in Georgia. And I think that's, you know, I will never discourage people from getting involved or donating to worthy campaigns. And I do consider, I, I mean, this is like flipping the Senate would be huge, of course. And the fact that Georgia went blue for the for the presidential election does inspire some sort of hope. I I guess I just I don't trust the DSCC to push this over the finish line. No, I mean my whole thing is is like I mean it's easy to like because it's like, even if the Senate is flipped, they're still going to be fucking Joe Manchins and they're still going to be like, you know, I mean, it's still going to be like majority corporate Democrats, right? Like, it's not going to be, I mean, like, you know, you got like Bernie and like Ed Markey and there's like probably like, I mean, it's just, it's, it's going to be like pretty much the Republican agenda no matter what. But I think the thing is, is like, should the Senate remain Republican, that is like a an airtight excuse to not do fucking anything for four mm-hmm. years. It's airtight. Yeah. And I think that if the Senate were flipped and Democratic senators still kind of like abdicated their responsibilities or, you know, the House is does lean further left. The the House Democrats do lean further left writ large than uh than the senate democrats um so you know if a bill passes in the house and then it kind of were to fall at the feet of a of a democratic senate and they still didn't want to kind of uh put the ball in play i think it would be I, I would hope that it would be like even more radicalizing for for more people yeah, to realize. Yeah, that's the thing I think too is that it would make it yeah. clear what's happening. Like I don't yeah. put a lot of faith in the Democratic Party or any whatsoever, but I, what I do think is really important is that people like start to see the reality that it's not just Republicans that are obstructing everything. You know. Mm. So that's that. I don't know. Um, I'm. Just, I know for myself that I'm gonna go to the bodega as much as possible this week. Yeah, I'm gonna go buy cigarettes from an eight year old. <laughs> yeah, the bodega. Cat, there's a bo- the bodega cap at my house had a bodega kitten, and it's a precious little adorable baby. And I posted a picture of it on Twitter this week, and I was like, "Does Walgreens have this?" And people were like, "Of course not. Ew, no. Who would want a cat near their food?" Mine don't come to my house then. Yeah. It's like you can't say that we are being high and mighty when we have literal. The reason why bodega cats exist is to kill bodega mice. (laughs) We live in a trash heap. Just let us have our stupid bodegas. I know. I know. It's terrible. We We all pay through the nose for rent and have a million roommates and our in our 30s (laughs) (laughs) all right well i think it's gonna be a short one this week but uh we'll we'll be back in the next few days with the patreon episode and uh we will see you next week thank you so much for listening to reply guys
really, really quickly, just before, before we go, I do want to remind everyone, if you can, to please um, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts uh, or Stitcher. That really helps. And also, um, we get reviews sometimes from, like, men's rights activists who hate that we're, the, we're women who talk. So if you could help, like, even those out, that would be pretty sick. So thanks. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Reply, guys. If you like the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other people find us. Uh, the show is hosted by Kate Willett and me, Julia Clare. Our producer is Genevieve Garrity. Our theme song was performed by Emily Fremgen, who wrote the song with Kate Willett. Our artwork is by Adrian Lobel. If you want to find us on Twitter, we're at Kate Willett with two L's and two T's. And I'm at OJuliaTweets, O-H julia tweets and twitter is where you can also find our reply guys they are always with us bernie take us out as i went walking that ribbon of highway i saw above me that endless skyway I saw below me that golden valley. This land was made for you and me. This land is your land. This land is mine.